Deshaun Watson's back. At least Adam Schefter handled it with grace and aplomb today. <laughs> that was the funniest joke I've had on the show in a while. Wow. Comedy, 10 out of 10 for me today. Well done. Thank you. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Everyone get their eight hours last night? Everyone get a good night's sleep? Eight hours? I hope not. That was a trick question. I hope you didn't get eight hours last night because the Bucks played on the West Coast. So you better bet up watching the Bucks get their first win in Utah in like 20 years. Awesome game. And then if you went to bed right after that game was over and you woke up at a reasonable time, so I'm talking 7 a.m. or before, would have been impossible to get your eight hours last night. So I guess I don't necessarily blame you. But what did I say yesterday? I'm going to hold you to this. Right? Daylight savings, longer days, new version of us. Let's be better this week, okay? We're going to get our eight hours. We're going to eat healthy. We're going to get a workout in because there's so much going on. NFL free agency. Baseball's all happening at once. We have trades and free agents signing, and it's just, it's a lot. The Reds have basically got rid of all of their players in the last 24, 48 hours. And then March Madness starts tonight. We got the first four. We got the Badgers and Colgate coming up on, I believe they play Friday night. I think it's a late game on Friday night, right? Yeah. State basketball, too, if you're into that kind of thing. I was reading today the WIAA put out a thing because I guess it was in the Bangor game. Some parents caught on their cameras that the shot clock or had gone off, but the bucket was not out of the hand. So that was the thing. I was reading a high school basketball story today. A lot going on. That's going to continue to be the case this week. So please be your best self. Get your eight hours, eat healthy, get a workout in. We're really going to really gonna ascend to the next level this week. We're going to have to with everything that's going on. Really fun show tonight. I'm really excited. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you've had an excellent day. A feisty day. It was a feisty morning as I knew it was going to be this morning. Every Tuesday morning, I joined the zone uh, with Ebo and Nelson, RJ, uh, on over the line. Uh, and I told them our Badger take from last night. When I said that the regular season success, winning a Big Ten regular season title is more impressive than some, you know, little hot streak in the NCAA tournament. They said, what? I knew they would. We have such a good good times debating at 740 in the morning. I roll out of bed at 7 o'clock and I got to be awake and ready to go and fight Ebo, who's been up and drinking coffee since 430 in the morning because he's a robot like that. So that that's how the day started. I don't. I don't actually want to talk about college basketball tonight. I think we probably will at some point, but I got some Brewers planned. A couple of things I want to say about their new additions. Brad Boxberger is back. I can't believe we made it until Tuesday without bringing that up. I apologize. I will bear that cross from yesterday. My bad. Uh, And Andrew McCutcheon is back. I almost said Jackie Bradley Jr. because in my head, they're the same player. (laughs) They look very similar. It's a David Stearns type signing that he definitely has a type. So I will probably accidentally call him Jackie Bradley Jr. a couple of times today. Just know that I mean Andrew McCutcheon. One is a former ALCS MVP, Andrew McCutcheon, a league MVP. Uh, So I guess there's a little overlap there, too. But I want to talk about the Brewers at 430. Maybe a little bit about the Badgers before the show is over, but mostly Packers and NFL. I mean, how could we not? There's so much going on in the National Football League. And let's be real. The NBA, MLB, the NFL are all popping at once. We're going to talk about the the NFL, right? Like LeBron James could get traded right now. 
And in five minutes, if Tom Brady were to get traded, we would start talking about that, right? Or Deshaun Watson, we would start talking about that. Mike Trout could change teams, and it would barely crack the ticker on ESPN with what's going on right now in the NFL. So we're going to start with the NFL. The Rodgers deal is out. We know the details as of this morning. They're complicated and convoluted and as always with big deals like this, there's lots of wrinkles to look at. Well, how much guaranteed money? How many years? How many years are guaranteed? What's tied up in bonuses? What's prorated across the length of the deal? How much dead cap? This and that. It's a lot. And I'm trying to take it in piece by piece. And I read one little thing and I think I understand it. And then I read another and I feel like I know nothing. I'm going to read you seven bullet points from Matt Schneidman's piece today in The Athletic. You can read it. It's very boiled down. It's very simple. I'm going to read you the most boiled down and most simple part of what's already a very succinct piece by Matt Schneidman, who does good work. Recommend you subscribe to him. I like to think when you do a big math problem, you're doing long division or an algebra equation, right? You got to you start somewhere. You got to chunk it out. So this, I like that it's chunked out in this piece. Seven bullet points. And I'm going to read them one by one. Number one, Rogers contract is essentially now a three-year deal for a little more than 150 million with two placeholder years tacked on after that. Okay, so it's essentially a three-year deal, $50 million per, and they have two placeholder years after that, but those aren't real years. So he'll either retire or they'll come up with something new if he wants to keep playing. Bullet point number two, if Rodgers doesn't retire after the 2024 season, at the end of those three years, those two extra years will be restructured. Exactly. I'm thinking ahead. I'm sorry about that. Number three, Rodgers gets $42 million this year. $59.5 million in 2023 and $49.3 million in 2024. Next bullet point. Only the first two years are guaranteed at signing fully. So Rodgers is committing to two more years and possibly another one. Next bullet point. The Packers free up $18 million in cap space this year by extending Rodgers. Next bullet point. His cap number for the next three seasons are respectively $28.5, and $40 million. That's what counts against the cap. That's not how much he's making. That's not how much is guaranteed. That's the cap number, which is a separate thing. And the final bullet point, if Rodgers leaves after two more seasons, a dead cap hit of more than $68 million remains with the team. Okay? So when we take all of those things in individually, do we start to get an idea of what's going on? All right, how much does it count against the cap every year? What's guaranteed? The dead cap hit essentially means he's on the team for three years. Otherwise, this team is cratered, right? Does that make sense? Side note, uh, when $50 million per year was reported last week, Rogers came out and like really aggressively said that was categorically false. Um, I don't, that's basically exactly what it was. Uh, but whatever. The two big points from this. Cap situation is better this year, and really next year probably, but it's trashed into the future, right? If Rogers leaves after two more seasons, dead cap hit, like I said, is $68 million. Th- that's beyond insane. That's insane, multiplied by ridiculous, multiplied by unbelievable. Like, the Jared Goff trade with Matthew Stafford was $22 million in dead cap for Los Angeles. And when that trade happens, we were losing our mind at how much $22 million was. 68 is almost unfathomable for a player that's not even on your roster. That's why this almost ensures Rodgers finishes his career with the Packers, which is cool, right? I don't particularly think we're going to get another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, but the next best thing would him be finishing his career with the Packers. He gets to go down like Kobe or Dirk as a player that only played for one franchise. And there's real value there for his image and his legacy. So that's cool. I want to talk about the cap. And this is a conversation that's bigger than the Aaron Rodgers deal. It's bigger than the Packers. 
it's a more overarching conversation. So let's zoom out a little bit. Just talk about the salary cap in the NFL. Language is very important in the way we come to understand things, right? So in school, vocabulary, uh, the language that a teacher uses to convey something is important because that changes how the child interprets and learns something, right? I hear a lot about the salary cap in the NFL. Well, the salary cap is fake. Salary cap is a myth. No, the salary cap is very real. Very, very, very 100% real. Now, you can attack it however you want. You can bend it to fit your situation. You can handle it one way or another. You can maneuver around it any way you want. But it is real. It is a real thing. You can attack it and, and, and parse it out many different ways. But it is very real. I hear a lot of people, this is the expression people use. You could just keep kicking the can down the road. Yes, yes, you can. That's true. Now, I don't know for how long you could. I, I think most teams say, we're going to kick the can for four years, and then we're going to crater out and start over. I don't know that a team has ever tried to do it five. All right, now we're going to do it for the next five, the next five. I don't think you can indefinitely kick the can down the road, but you can kick it quite a ways. I think the best analogy for the NFL salary cap is a credit card, Right? in credit card debt, and credit card payments. I think this analogizes the NFL salary cap very well. I'm no Dave Ramsey, all right? Financial Peace University. I personally, weird thing about me, I hate credit cards. I think they're dumb. Doesn't really click with me. So let, wait, I need to get a credit card just so I can use the credit card to pay that, to pay the credit card so, so I can prove that I can use the credit card to prove that I can get another credit card and build up credit so then I can... Get a mortgage, and it's just very, oh God, I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. I'm not a finance guy, but I get the basics here, okay? Let's say you rack up an $800 payment. You can't pay it. So when the end of the month comes, you get another credit card. You go into debt on that credit card, and you pay off the other one, right? That's essentially what the Packers are doing. That's what the Saints did for years with Drew Brees, right? You keep that window open as long as possible. You play it out, play it out, play it out, until you can't play it out anymore, and now you start racking up debt. The Saints got to a point where they could not keep the roster together with how much money was going to Drew Brees and how much money was going to Michael Thomas. And then Kamara came due for an extension. And they're like, all right, if we want to keep trying this, we need to get some more credit cards. We're going to start racking up more debt. And you just keep going as long as you can to prop that Super Bowl window open until the debt is so large where you just kind of say, all right, we're going to file for bankruptcy. We have a ton of dead cap. We have a ton of ridiculous payment that we just, we can't operate this way anymore, so we got to crater out and start over. And that's what the Saints are in the process of doing now. I'm not saying this is the worst strategy. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm not even saying what the Packers are doing is a bad thing. I'm glad that if the Packers are truly deciding to go all in and try to win with Aaron Rodgers while he's on the Packers before he retires, then go all the way. Do it with conviction, right? If you don't want to do that, then trade him, right? I, I think the most dangerous place in this situation for the Packers is the middle ground. If you're going all in, go all in. If you don't want to go all in, trade Rodgers and, and, and go and go the other way, right? Don't try to walk down the middle of the aisle or sit on top of the fence. I'm not even saying what the Packers is doing is a bad strategy. I'm just trying to make sense of it and explain it. Plus, you really have so many options with an expensive quarterback at the end of his career. Like, think of the Saints. What were they supposed to do? Just let Drew Brees ride off into the sunset with an average roster? No, they wanted to really try to give him every chance. So when you have a 39-year-old quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you only, you only really have so many options. This is one of them, and I'm glad if the Packers are electing to do this option that they do it all the way. Okay. Operating this way, however, 
whether it's in football or finances, can get you by, right? You, you can skate by like this for a while, but we need to realize the ramifications of skating by like this for the next two or three years, right? If we're talking about credit card debt, you can barely make ends meet every month, make the minimum payments, right? Now, we know this to be terrible, terrible financial practice, I don't know why I love Dave Ramsey so much, but I think we need to we need to bring a Dave Ramsey character into the show. It's terrible financial practice to just make minimum payments, right? If you're barely making ends meet every month, you're making those minimum payments, and that's a win for you on the last day of the month to be able to pay that bill, and, and you're clear. You're in the clear. However, you're ultimately no closer to your goal. Making minimum payments on credit card debt, you're getting by. You're not going more into debt. You're not accruing more debt, but you're not getting any closer to getting rid of the debt. What the Packers are doing right now is basically making minimum payments, and they will be for the next two or three years. That's what the Saints did, right? Barely getting under the salary cap, barely getting under there, making the minimum payments so you can just continue to operate. You can keep the lights on. You can keep the operation moving forward. You're not expanding the operation. Your roster isn't going to get much better, but you can maintain and you can stay in the game, which is what the Saints wanted to do with Drew Brees. That's what the Packers now are trying to do with Aaron Rodgers. And again, it's not a strategy I hate, but we need to understand how it works. This is going to keep them in the game, but they're not going to get farther ahead. Right? Some Packers fans and a lot of Saints fans will tell you that the salary cap is a myth and cap space does not matter. Okay? This is wrong. Again, you can keep making minimum payments and stay in the game. Saints and Packers are going to do that. But look at the Chargers, for example. I understand the Chargers have a quarterback on a rookie deal, and that makes it a lot easier to have cap space. But I just want to use the Chargers as an example to illustrate the difference in making minimum payments and really having discretionary spending every month. Look at the Chargers. In the last week or so, they've re-signed Mike Williams, stud wide receiver. They signed cornerback J.C. Jackson, who left New England. They signed Sebastian Joseph Day, who was a huge player for the Rams last year, although he was injured. And they signed defensive tackle Austin Johnson. Now, you might be thinking, Grant, yeah, it's nice for the Chargers, but don't forget the Packers brought back Devondre Campbell and Preston Smith. It seems like they're going to bring back Rasul Douglas, and they might bring back Devontae Adams, too, if they can get lucky and, and really make some cat magic. Yes, 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 yes. And that's great. Well done, Brian Gutekunst. Well done, Russ Ball. Truly. Okay, well, what about the Chargers making the Khalil Mack trade? Right? One of the best outside rushers in the game. Really dynamic player. And they only had to give up a second and a sixth rounder. The Packers could and would do that. They're trying to go all into win a second and a sixth for a player like that. Let's go. Okay, the problem is the Packers can't absorb that salary. Because all of their money is going to just making those minimum payments. They don't have any extra money. What about Von Miller last year? He went for a two and a three. If the Packers are truly all in, that's doable. But they can't absorb the salary. What about Stephon Gilmore? He came available via trade last year. Packers would have loved to make that move. Couldn't do it. What about Odell Beckham Jr.? Maybe if they had a little bit more money to throw his way, maybe, just maybe, he could have come to Green Bay instead of L.A. Probably not, but you never know. These are great opportunities when the Bears want to unload Khalil Mack or Von Miller's leaving the Broncos or Gilmore or OBJ become available. Those are great opportunities, but the Packers don't have money and they won't have money moving forward. Look at it this way. Packers are making minimum payments at the end of every month, but there's nothing left over to put in the Roth IRA, to put in the 401k. You're not getting closer to financial peace. (laughs) Just making minimum payments. You want to get rid of that debt. You want to be living comfortably so you can put your money into retirement, right? You can 
put money in your vacation fund, in your rainy day fund, for the $600 on top of the fridge that's for when the car needs a repair, right? The, the emergency car repair. That's when all of a sudden Khalil Mack's available, right? The Roth IRA. That's when all of a sudden Von Miller is on the block, and you need to have that emergency money to be able to absorb them. The Packers aren't going to have that money. So they can keep the roster together and do a great job, and they have done a great job this offseason. And Goody and Russ Ball, they're doing a killer job. But this is it, right? Other teams will have extra space to, to use and to take advantage of. The Packers don't. And we can talk about what that means and how that changes how the Packers operate and their chances to contend. I want to keep talking about this coming up next. I'd also love to hear from you. 608-796-2558. Hit me up there. You can tweet me. Follow me at Wisco Grant as well. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you being here. Find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Text and call 608-796-2558. Rock and Rick. I know it's baseball, but Bobby Bonilla will be 72 when the Mets are done. Paying him hasn't played for 20 plus years. Speaking of Bobby Bonilla, I heard something this morning and I'm pulling it up now because I want to make sure it's correct. The Reds have offloaded a ton of salary, right? I believe that one of their highest paid players is Ken Griffey Jr., who's still getting paid from years ago. Joey Votto's number one. He's making about $25 million. But my God, their payroll, I'm looking at it right now. They're going to have a Bobby Bonilla situation with Ken Griffey Jr. He's making $3.5 million. $3.6 million of deferred salary, which makes him one, two, three, four, five, six. He's their sixth highest paid player. <laughs> Stupid Reds. I want to talk about the Brewers, some of the moves that they've made, and the Reds, too. Because when you look over the, the fence to the southeast, yeah, to Ohio, uh, the Reds are down bad. And as critical as we are of the Brewers and their hesitancy to sometimes spend money, I'm just glad I'm not a Reds fan. Holy cow. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. College basketball, probably later in the show at some point. Right now, we're talking about the Packers, and you can reach out as Rock and Rick has done, or... David Monona has done as well already. Early, Dave. 608-796-2558. Dave says, when I call tonight, you probably should record our conversation. Something's about to happen. It has never happened up until now. I think Dave's going to agree with something I said. I think that's where this is going. <laughs> Dave, wait until the next segment to call. I, I want to put a cap on the Packers. Uh, and then whatever you have up your sleeve, we can talk to you coming up in a bit. Talk a little bit about the salary cap. And how the Packers are now basically in a spot and will be in a spot for the next few years of making the minimum payments on the credit card. You're just skating by, just barely squeaking under the salary cap every year to keep the lights on, to keep the machine moving, and to keep the Super Bowl window open with Aaron Rodgers. Their cap's not going to get any better. They're not going to be in a better spot next year or the year after to sign outside free agents and to improve their roster. But if Goody and Russ Ball stay on this heater that they've been on, they might just be able to keep the good players they have now and extend their young players. Maybe. Just keep making those minimum payments, get by for the next couple of years, and maybe the Packers can, can get after it. They're in a tough cap spot, but I like what they're doing. I like what the Packers are doing. If they think they can go in a Super Bowl and their best chance to win a Super Bowl 
is to bring back routers, bring back everyone, and go all in, then go all in, okay? And and go all the way all in. Don't don't push some of your chips in and, oh, but we're also going to hang back. No, 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 no. One of the things I look back on uh, in the NBA, for example, is when LeBron was in Cleveland his last year, and they wanted to go all in to win a title before LeBron left, but they wouldn't trade the eighth overall pick, which was the Brooklyn pick. Um, and they would not trade the pick that turned out to be Colin Sexton. And Colin Sexton's a fine player. I think in retrospect, maybe they would have best served trading that pick. If you're going to go all in to win now, go all in to win now. Be decisive, right? Act with... um with what's the word I'm looking for it starts with a C right go all in conviction that's the word I'm looking for bang got it act with conviction if you're going all in go all in and honestly with a 38 year old quarterback and the way that the NFC is it's probably the best thing to do right they don't have that many options the Packers and this Packers team reminds me a lot of the Drew Brees Saints in the final years a lot of talent a lot of really good talent the Packers are a talented roster which is why when I turn on NFL live or I listen to Cowherd and they're like well you know they got some guys around Rodgers this is a really good team. Great defensive backfield. So you have Jair and Stokes. It seems like we're going to get Rasul Douglas back. Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage behind them. That's a great defensive backfield. Devondre Campbell is back. Up front, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark. That's a really good defense. And any defensive players that they draft can slide in as depth, can slide in as extras. They don't need starters. They're in a really good spot. Right? I love the offensive line. I will always love the offensive line as long as David Bakhtiari is here, as long as Elton Jenkins is here. I like Josh Myers, Josh Nyman. Jeez. And as long as Adam Stenovich is at the helm now as the offensive coordinator, they're in a really good spot because they'll make the best and they'll squeeze every drop out of those grapes. Running back position is deep. If Kylan Hill comes back and gives you anything, it's even deeper. You need wide receivers and tight ends. You do. But if Adams comes back, which we'll see, and Lazard comes back. Those are two guys I like. And now you can fill in the cracks. And if Amari Rodgers gets any better, then he's a player. It seems like Randall Cobb's going to come back, hopefully a lesser price. That's some good experience. You could do worse. Really, all this team needs are weapons. Get a couple guys in the draft. Develop them for the future. You need young talent at wide receiver anyways. That's a position that's kind of been neglected in the draft the last few years. Any draft pick that the Packers have, assuming they can get Devontae Adams to come back and play, any draft pick that they have this season will be for depth. And that's a great, great place to be in. Rogers has always been my guy, but I have become an official member of the Rogers fatigue team. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, tell me the truth. Don't lie to me. Okay. You took, you, you know, you took a cap friendly hit for, you know, for one year, but that's all. And at the back end of this, unless you play for five years, we're screwed unless the TV money that's coming in in two years is just more astronomical than we can believe. Um, you know, so, so don't parse words with me. Just say, yep, I want 50 mil. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm, I'm willing to, you know, that's what I want. That's what I'm worth. And he is, but I'm just tired of, of the word games and everything else. Um, the people that are saying that the defense is, is going to be worse because Jair Alec or that uh, Zadarius Smith is, you know, is no longer with us. Yeah. Well, he wasn't with us except for the first eight plays of the year anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm sorry. And uh, Alexander, who was a tremendous talent, was out after, what, the fourth game? Yep. 
15, something like that. So if we can get most of that band back together, um, I don't see a problem barring injury, obviously, with our defense. I think we still have um, a much better defense than we've had in years, Mm -hmm. uh, since 2010. Um, The offensive line, um, oh, my goodness, Billy Turner went away. Billy Turner was getting very old and slow, and we have – picked up some linemen that can fill his shoes without a whole lot of trouble. The big question comes with uh, Bakhtiari. Is he going to be back or is that knee going to, you know, prematurely end his career and we're just going to be stuck paying his salary. Um, But I don't have any real questions with uh, Gutekus and company picking guys up in the draft. I mean, they've, they have made everybody else in the league look like fools compared to their offensive line picks. Uh, so I yeah. think we're good. That running backs are good. Uh, is Tanyan going to get hurt or is he going to come back better? Um, don't know. I guess the one thing I'm going to say is there's a part of me after the last two years that says, yes, I want, I want Devonte Adams back to get us to the, to the playoffs, yeah. But then I wanted to tweak something in the first quarter <laughs> of of the first playoff game, yeah. So that Rodgers has to throw the ball to somebody else, yeah. You know, I, I hate to say that, but it's what killed us this year. It's what killed us last year. You've got open guys, but because you want your guy to get all the cash, or that's the supposedly only guy you trust, yeah. Well. He's not Cooper Cup. I guess I'm not. Sorry. No. Well, and, well, and, 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 and Tim, here's the here's the thing: if Rodgers and Adams are going to come back, and, and we're going to make the playoffs again, and all Rodgers wants to do is in a playoff game throw it to Adams, then get better at it. Like you guys stink at finding each other in the playoffs. So if you want to throw the ball to him twenty times a game in the playoffs, fine, but get better at it. Like I don't know, figure out something new, practice it. Because 20, 20 throws a game to Adams is one thing, but when you're terrible at it, it's another. Absolutely. I mean, it just, it drives me crazy when you have other people that are open mm-hmm. and I don't care if you know, pick your play where he forced the ball to Adams and you can see that there's somebody else, if not two people open, but they know his propensity to look at the matchup before the ball is snapped and say, okay, this is the guy that I'm going to, cause that's the best matchup. Yeah. And what happens? They then collapse on that best matchup. And by the time they get back, by the time that he gets back then to the open guy, the open guy is no longer open. So, you know, it it will be what it will be unless we, barring injuries, we'll be back in the playoffs and then maybe – Maybe Adams could pull a hamstring. Tim, we'll, Tim, you said we'll you're fatigued. You said you're fatigued. I, I think the fatigue will go away when we get football back. The problem is it's going to be a while. So we're just going to have to learn to live with a little fatigue for the next couple of months, I think. You're probably right, Grant. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Cribbage is the best game on the face of the earth. Dave from Winona is an idiot to call you a, a pansy for, for playing in Cribbage. Yeah, you tell him. It's a tough you tell him when you get into a game that's a hundred bucks a game and five bucks a point. Oh, yeah. That's a man's game. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Tim. I'm gonna pass that along. If if Dave's not listening right now and he calls today, I'll make sure to pass that along. Thank you, Tim. It was nice to chat with you. You betcha. <laughs> Have a good night, Tim. That's Tim and Sparta. Fatigue. Do you say he's fatigue team? I'm first team all fatigue with Rogers right now. Well, well, here's the thing, and I want to talk about the Brewers here in a few minutes. I love the Packers roster. 
I love who they were able to retain. You lose Zedarius, we knew that was probably going to happen. Lose Billy Turner, that was a little bit of a surprise, but okay, the Packers are really good at rebuilding and reloading and retooling, moving around their offensive line on the fly. Great. I I love this roster. I loved it last year. I loved it the year before. This is a Super Bowl winning roster. The question now is Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. How bad do these guys really want it, right? Are they going to come in in the offseason, sit down, have some meetings, and look at everything and try to figure out what's gone wrong the last few years? Are they going to look at everything and say, okay, we need to treat the regular season differently and do this and this and this instead of this, this, and this, right? They need. Do they need to add different things to the offense? Do they need to find ways to experiment and challenge themselves throughout the regular season so when they get to the playoffs and finally play a good team instead of the Lions or the Vikings, they actually know what to do? Right? Think of Bud and the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Do Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have that in them to spend all the extra time necessary and to critically look at everything from the last two years and try to figure out what went wrong and then apply themselves to fix it? Or is Rodgers just going to skip OTAs, show up to camp in an office graphic T-shirt, play out the season, accept the result, talk about how he's grateful, and then come back next year and make another $50 million? That's the question. Because the roster's there. It's set up. It's now what Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and Adam Stenovich do with it and adjustments they make this year relative to the last years, that's going to be the difference. And that's what we'll have to wait and see. Let's take a break. I want to talk about the Brewers and some of the moves they've made. That's coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show talked a little Packers it's been great last couple days been great now if you follow me on Twitter Ausco Grant and you should uh, all I do is complain but they're jokes just jokes you know wise cracks about this and that I love what the Packers have done if they're gonna go all in to try to win okay go all in because there's no difference in my mind in four years between eight and eight or whatever the record is now eight and nine or 17 games, so what? 3-14? and 14. I'd rather go 3-14. and 14. I'd rather be bad, 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 bad. Get a better pick. I don't want to be mediocre. I'd rather be horrendous in three or four years. Go ahead. Rack up a $70 million dead cap charge. What's the difference? You're trying to win now, so try to win now. Go all in. If you're going to go all in, go all in at going all in. I like what the Packers are doing. Danger is when you try to run it right down the middle. We're going to a little go all in, but also hedge our bets for the future. No, because then you're then you're going to come up short, and you're going to keep doing this year after year. Now, they might come up short the next couple of years. They might not make another Super Bowl, but at least they're trying, and they're doing everything in their power to try. My name is Grant Bills. Like I said, you can text and call the show if you'd like, 608-796-2558. Want to get back into the NFL and the Packers at 5 o'clock. Uh, maybe we can talk a little Badgers and talk a little Brewers in the meantime. Baseball's just been kind of petering along in the background over the last four or five days. Free agency and trades, uh, something no one is talking about. The Braves are just okay with letting Fre- Freddie Freeman go. They're just letting him go. They traded for Matt Olson, gave him a huge deal instead. Oh, yeah, thanks, Freddie. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for the MVP in 2020. Thanks for the huge World Series, that ding bomb off Josh Hader. Uh, and a huge home run and a turning point in the World Series. But we'll go with Matt Olson instead. Just bizarre. Just really weird. 
No one's talking about it, mostly because it's baseball and there's a million other things going on. I laughed on Sunday because we had Selection Sunday going on. The brackets are out. Tom Brady announces his comeback to take away the spotlight from the kids, which is just despicable. Uh, and then in the midst of it all, my phone buzzes me, and the headline is, Brad Boxberger returning to Milwaukee on a one-year deal for two and a half million bucks. I'm like, oh, forgot about Brad Boxberger. Box guy. Box man. He's back on a one-year deal. It's like in the midst of everything else going on. College basketball is huge this week, obviously, and Tom Brady in the NFL. It's like, oh, Boxberger's back. Right-handed reliever. Nothing, nothing makes headlines like the re-signing of a relief pitcher that no one's ever heard about or most people have never heard about. I know Brewers fans have, but you ask the uh, the plain Joe Blow off the street, Brad Boxer, you're like, who? Is that, a, uh, is that a restaurant chain? Must be a restaurant chain, huh? <laughs> so we can talk about some of the Brewers additions here in a sec. David Minota's calling in, 608-796-2558. Dave, have your Cubs done anything? Have I missed something or are they just kind of hanging out? No, I mean, the only thing you missed is 2016, but outside of that, uh, you know, hey, look at the right side this year, you all the Brewer fans. Yeah. You don't got to worry about, uh, what's that manager's name? Um, uh, the Brewer manager. Craig Council. Craig Council. Yeah, Council. Yeah, nobody has to worry worry about him making any pitching mistakes. Now they have the DH. So that's one less thing that all the Brewer listeners have to worry about. Are you happy that about that, out. by the way? I, I haven't asked you. Do, do you have? Do you like the universal DH? I kind of like it. No, because I hate this whole generation wanting to change things because oh, uh, because oh it's it's I don't know it offends me or it, it, it's it's going too fast or no nobody nobody's a fierce anymore you know if they don't like something change it you know God forbid you adapt to something and try to make it better but oh no this whole your, your generation and these parents you know my age you know raise a bunch of raise a bunch of pansies well that's a good word pansies flowers. <laughs> Okay. And, and um, don't, don't teach them any any respect. It's like Rodney Dangerfield. I get no respect. I get no respect. It's just, I don't know, do we want to watch pitchers hit and then they could get hurt on the base pass? Like, that stink. Imagine oh, your ace gets first sliding into second base. But just, you know, we, the parents bring their kids up to pitch five innings. Are you kidding me? Go out and tell Bob Gibson that. Back, pitchers that pitched like the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Some of those guys who pitched uh, like 15 innings in one day. Now it's like, but hey, but, but the reason I mainly call is I sit yeah. down, right, Grant? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, you, no. br- you're bringing something to the table. I wanted to ask about the DH, but what have, what have you got? What's your item of discussion? You know, I have, I, all Grant listeners, this will, this will never happen again. So sit down, pull over. And all God, God forbid the, the majority of them are, are clueless. This morning on the Joe, on Evo and Nelson, who nice. both, those, both those two are clowns. I think you said something about I'd rather have a Big Ten championship than an Elite Eight. Did I get that right? Yeah, like I, I just I want to value the regular season. That's four and a half months. That that takes consistency. That takes a lot. And any team can get hot and win a couple games in the tournament. I love both. The tournament's fun, but I don't think the tournament is this proving ground that everyone says that it is. And, and you know, I, like I told uh, Evil, nobody remembers an Elite Eight. But they remember that banner hanging from exactly. the ceiling for the next 15 years. Yeah, exactly. No, if you go to a Final Four, that's different because you hang a banner for a Final Four. I get that. Yeah, but. see, now, now, now Nelson asked me that because, because people remember Final Fours because they're so, so far a few. I got no hitter. Yeah. Nobody's going to remember Elite Eight. I said to Evo Nelson, but something hanging from, hanging from the ceiling, 
Now that means something. I mean, oh. I know it's hard for those two guys. You know, on some days can't you know? You, of course, you can't carry their jug most days. But today, Grant actually said something else. Intelligence. I know it's rare, people. <laughs> you li- rare. you listen to me every day. You can't disagree with everything I say and hate everything I say. You listen close to every uh, day, Dave. Come on. I mean, yeah, but I, mean, I, I got to change it up once in a while because uh, you know, like I guess said. Uh, it's like most parents will give their kid participation trophies. Most no, kids will remember you. that. <laughs> but by God, you uh, you, know, you you win a championship. But so, yeah, you know, you, you, but you know, but, but all BS aside, I mean that that, that hangs to the ceiling for years and years to come. Yeah, four months, four months versus what? Two weeks, and it comes down to a draw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, now, hey, are you getting into are you getting into Nelson's breakfast? I'd love to. I'd love to take your money. And, of course, you don't. No, none of your listeners took me up on the, the Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, that was but weird. Are, are you or listeners doing brackets? Because I'd love to embarrass, embarrass some of these people that call in. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Hey, Mike and Madison, three, two, one. Turn the station now so I can see. So can, you know, okay, there we go. Now he's gone now. <laughs> um, are you I'll, in, um, I'll get in on the bracket pool just because you asked me. Normally I don't, but what the heck? It'll be fun. What is it, five bucks? I think he texted yeah, me. Yeah, you got to Oh, yeah, I got to you know, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to copy somebody and bring it I, you know, some I couldn't, I couldn't pick a winner if I knew the final score. I suck. You stink. Well, hey, you know what oh. you don't stink at, Dave? Before I let you go, I got to bring this up. I saw a video of you at the Zone Golf Outing on <laughs> Sunday. You got a pretty good drive. You're a pretty good drive. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, see, Evil didn't say it. He blindfolded him, and he swung a miss like, just, you know, five times. <laughs> Not you. Oh no! I, I, no, real, real, I suck. But no, real, real quick, fast story. The three years ago, they had their big golf out here, right? So all day I kept following Joe Miller, Mark Strobel, the hockey coach, and mm-hmm. just and, um, Joe Settle, just trash talking and trash talking. Finally, assistant hockey coach says, "Okay, that's it." He yelled back, "Hey, big mouth! Hey, loud mouth! Why don't you put your put your clothes where your mouth is?" So I had you in front of all these people right? do a drive. Mm-hmm. Now, this this couldn't happen more in a hundred years. So I'm I'm sitting there going, I know I'm going to catch fly to hell, but I hit it. Got lucky. On a, it, was a, it was a par three, two hundred ten hole, two feet from the cup. Wow. Needless, needless, no, needless to say, the rest of the day, <laughs> sober. I got. Hey, don't you wish you had a goalie like that <laughs> who could make saves and and kick save? And uh, if you if you need me to come by and give you some help, but but anyway. But yeah, like I said I had to call because you know ninety nine percent of the time you are clueless. Yeah. And Thank by you. the way, uh, Nelson's buddies are all from the cross. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They went to Nelson went to UWL. He's an he's an yeah. Eagle, fellow Eagle. Yep. Yep. So we were all sitting about the about the, about the olden days, you know, Howie's Hallfrau and Logs Hall and <laughs> and uh, but anyway, all right, man. Anyway, here's something that Devontae Adams was, was, was signed today. I mean, I've been gone all day in Illinois. He, he's he didn't sign today, did he? No, I guess he's not going to play under the tag, and that's as much as we know right now. Rasul Douglas oh, good, seems good. like we, we got a scoop that maybe he's coming back. It looks like he's coming back, but nothing on. Hey, yeah, well, Devontae, don't the, don't the door hit you on your ass no way out of town. So, yeah. all right, man. Well, I said you, you learned something today. <laughs> what I'm I'm not sure. So, okay, Mike and Madison, you can come back on now. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Have a have a good night, buddy. It was a heck of a drive. I retweeted it at Wisco Grant, D- Dave. I'm right about things. Don't act surprised. I'm not saying that the tournament is worthless, and I'm not saying that the regular season is everything, but we have this tendency to 
get to March and say, oh, nothing matters now. It's a, you earn it in the tournament. No, I don't, I don't think you do. It's a lot of luck. It's a lot of uh, madness. It's called March Madness for a reason. So, yeah, Ebo and, and Nelson hated that. Although I think Nelson said this morning that's not my worst take I've ever had. So that's progress. That's progress. Normally they hate all my takes. So today we're making progress. Thank you, Dave. Let's talk about baseball for a couple more minutes, and then we'll reset the show at 5 o'clock and get back into the NFL. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for hanging out, even if it's just for a couple of minutes. Going to get back into the NFL and the Packers here in a few minutes after a zone update from our good, good buddy, our best of friend, Zach Heilprin, who, by the way, will be on the show tomorrow, as will Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus, going to talk draft slash Packers slash Packers draft. Going to do that tomorrow. Right now, for the last couple of minutes before 5 o'clock, Brewers are dealing, kind of. Um, they brought back Brad Boxberger. Wow. I know the glamour move we're all hoping for. And Andrew McCutcheon is now a brewer as well. Imagine going back to 2013 and telling yourself, yeah, Andrew McCutcheon's going to be a brewer one day. That's just pretty cool. That's, I don't, I know that's hardly a breakdown, but it's pretty cool. He hit the hell out of lefties last year. He had almost 30 home runs. And remember, there's a DH now. So you can have that fourth or fifth outfielder play a little bit more significant of a role. Binks on the island uh, has called in. Binks, what do you think of these brewers moves, man? Uh, well, first of all, Binks at the grocery store almost. Oh, I so, got you. Okay. Um, which which store? Yeah. Hey, I, I I wanted to I wanted to bring up okay. a, a, like three okay. things. Um, first of all, you got to appreciate Dave and how he and how he looks at things. Um, oh, I love Dave. He's a traditionalist, and I love I love how what he was talking about the pitchers, but it it doesn't exist anymore. And you and a couple other people convinced me that the game has changed and. Sure. You know, I, I I I suckered and I got on your bandwagon. So the DH, I I, I got to say I agree with it. Um, there's a bunch of other things in there that I just, you know, I, I think okay, baseball's baseball now, so I got to suck it up. Yeah. But um, I, I so anyway, I I did want to ask you something because la- I want to go back to last week because I was driving to Milwaukee on Friday night mm-hmm. and you had a good. I was trying to get in on the show and you had a you had a couple of guests a couple of callers and i wasn't able to contribute before i got out of range um but i got to uh, milwaukee i got a chance to go down to uh Pfizer forum and walk around down there which i had not uh been doing and i got to uh i got to thinking the the big comparison between baseball and football is a mistake okay. I, and it bugs me because you play what? How many how many regular season games are in are in the NFL? Seventeen now. Seventeen, eighteen. Yep, seventeen. Okay, okay, seventeen. You got one hundred sixty two um, regular season baseball games, and people like to talk about the similarities. Mm-hmm. There is no similarities. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to work out condition. I get it, yeah. but basketball. When I was down in Milwaukee, I understood something that, you know, it seems like the NBA can make you know make their contracts, and tailor them to make their team and keep them around. How do you keep a guy like Giannis in Milwaukee, who's just a, a great caliber, once-in-a-lifetime player, and how do you – and then you have the Brewers yeah, uh, who have trouble – they're, they're going to have trouble keeping, you know, 
I think all of baseball is going to have trouble keeping uh, fans in the stands after this lockout. Mm. Why can't baseball and their union mimic what the NBA does instead of keep trying to compare football to baseball? Okay. And okay. you see, you see crowds, you know, at NBA, you see excitement in, I, I'm sorry, I see it in Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, when they played in Oklahoma, you see it all over. Yeah. Um, even post-pandemic. And baseball, I just, it's going to be tough. I really, I, I think it's going to be tough. What's your take? What, what, what does baseball have to do? to get in line. Well, I, other I, than get rid of Rob Manfred. Yeah, maybe that would be a start. I mean, Rob Manfred is really he's just a reflection of the owners. I think there are owners in baseball that really don't have any interest being good. I, I think they just want to make money and, and have a cheap team banks. And like Robert Sarver who owns the Suns, maybe is that way in the NBA, but a lot of NBA owners, they want their team to be good and they want superstars because that makes them so much more money. Your your franchise, look at what right. look at what happens with Pfizer. That doesn't happen without Giannis. Whereas if the Brewers stay, right. we're still going to go to the ballpark because we like to drink beer and it's summer. So keeping those stars around, they need to make it more lucrative to have a star. And Banks, I want to keep talking, but I got to take a break here in about 30 seconds. So I got to let gotta you go. go. Thanks for the call, bud. Right. Bye-bye. Yeah, have a good night. That's Banks. Uh, what do you say? At the grocery store? Who wouldn't say which store, though? Let's talk more about this. Why is it not more lucrative in baseball to have a star? The Angels have Mike Trout. We barely hear about it, right? The Braves just let Freddie Freeman walk. NBA teams would never do that, ever, because it's just, it's too much money. You don't let Giannis walk out. You don't let LeBron walk out. That is the franchise. There are bad parts of that, but there are good parts. Maybe baseball needs to look at that. Binks, you're onto something here. We'll talk more about this next. Deshaun Watson's back. At least Adam Schefter handled it with grace and applause today. (laughs) That was the funniest joke I've had on the show in a while. Comedy, 10 out of 10 for me today. Well done. Thank you. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Man, I love talking baseball. It's weird because I talk to other radio hosts And baseball is such a chore, right? The summer is the most difficult time of year. I love talking about the Brewers. And I'm I'm weird. I'm an outlier. I love watching a Brewer game and then trying to come in the next day and talk about it in detail. Be like, here's what we learned yesterday. Well, what happened yesterday is they beat the Pirates 3-1. to That means nothing. But what can we take from it, right? What can we find in there? I love talking about the Brewers. I love talking about baseball. It's in a weird spot right now because we're just coming out of a lockout that made us upset to no end. And now we're supposed to flip a switch, be a fan, get ready for spring training, and celebrate Andrew McCutcheon's in town. And Brad Boxberger's back. Oh, my God, isn't that great? And remember Tyrone Taylor? I was thinking about the Brewers outfield today. Kane, Yelich, Tyrone Taylor. Um, Who's the one I'm forgetting? Who's the one I'm forgetting? Uh, the, the guy they just got from Boston. From Boston, I will get it. Hunter Renfro, thank you. Yep. They got a couple nice bats out there. I'm excited to talk Brewers. I'm glad we got a call from Binks, and he gave us a couple of talking points to hit other than, hey, the Brewers signed Andrew McCutcheon. He had 27 homers last year, 222 batting average, but had an OPS over 1,000 against lefties, six in baseball, really good. I'm glad Binks set us up with a little more than just the numbers that I had ready to go. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an awesome, excellent day. It's beautiful outside. 
this is the time of year where I get really excited when the show is done because I want to go outside and go for a run, go for a hike, do whatever. Where most of the winter, you know, getting done with the show at 6, might as well just go home and go to bed. It's already dark. What's the point? Or I'll just end up staying at work until 8, 9 p.m. because what's, what's the difference? It's already dark. So I love this time of year. I love how baseball's heating up and we can talk about it. The NFL has been going off the last couple of days, and I want to talk more about that before the show is over as well. You can join the show if you'd like, 608-796-2558, Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Binks was talking about being down at Pfizer Forum a couple of weeks ago, he said, and seeing the crowds and seeing the excitement and seeing the energy and how baseball's just not really like that. Baseball, we are fans of baseball past even the name on the jersey and past the, the, the logo on the jersey. Like, we just like going to the ballpark, right? I like going to loggers games. Growing up about half an hour from Eau Claire, we go to Express Games. You go to a St. Paul Saints game. That's pretty fun. Milwaukee Milkmen. It's just fun to go to the ballpark. Have a brat. Have a beer. So going to a ball game is an experience, whereas going to an NBA game or an NFL game, a little different. I, I do find it interesting that in, in the NBA, teams will gear up for years to get a superstar that's ready to hit free agency. When Giannis was approaching the end of his last contract, you have Pat Riley in the Heat, Mark Cuban in the Mavericks, and Harala Bob gearing up for two or three years, putting contracts into place, acquiring money to swap and getting picks and getting it all lined up, ready to, to spring that trap in a few years. People are obsessed with getting superstars. And the teams that have a superstar are obsessed with keeping their superstar, right? The Cavs trying to keep LeBron, keep him happy. The, the Blazers with Dame. You don't want that guy to walk out. That's the franchise. Compare the Deer District now to before Giannis. Different franchise, different town, different team completely. And that's on the shoulders of Giannis. In baseball, teams will let players go for nothing. The Reds have offloaded all their best players. Who cares? They're shedding payroll. The Braves just just traded for and gave another huge contract to a first baseman that wasn't Freddie Freeman. That would be like the Bucks trading Giannis away or letting Giannis walk in free agency and then trading for Ben Simmons and giving him a huge contract. It's like, well, what the hell? You'd never do that in the NBA, but in baseball, it's a little different. And I think maybe some of the discussions that came from that lockout, owners are cheap. Owners don't want to pay. They're content to just sit back and count their money. I don't know if it's the same in the NBA or in the NFL, but there are some differences in these leagues and maybe we'll get back to that. First, I want to talk to Rock and Rick, 608-796-2558. What's up, Rick? Um, one thing I was just going to say, um, you were talking about who wouldn't want to have superstars on a team. Yeah. I just wanted to bring something up. Uh, I love baseball myself. I do too. And I'm a lifelong Brewer fan, but for, uh, seven years I lived in the Crescent and FSN North was the twins back then. So if I wanted to watch baseball, I had to watch the twins. I'm going to just say it was about 15 years ago. I don't remember exactly how many years ago it was, but there were three Yankees. And I think it was probably um, Jambi, Clements, mm-hmm. and A-Rod made more money than the whole Twins. Yeah. Those three made more money than all the Twins. And that season, the Twins had a better record than the Yankees. Mm-hmm. They ended up losing to the Yankees. But anyway, well, it's a game of chemistry. You know, if you've got people that know how to play together. I mean, the, the Twins had some good guys. They had Mauer, Morneau. Kadir, that team was dope, they had wasn't Hunter it? And center oh, that before team was they awesome. all got their big contracts. But yeah. Anyway, I guess 
you know, I'm probably more like Dave's age, and that's what I appreciate watching people who really want to play yeah. and have fun out there. I think, to me, that's what I really enjoy watching more than, you know, the superstars, painy, painy guys. So, uh. anyway, I was just going to throw that in there that uh, it's, you know, if you've got good chemistry, you don't always have to have the super superstars. So. Yeah. I appreciate that, Rock and Rick. Thanks for the call. Have a good night, man. All right. Yeah, take care, Rock and Rick, you take care as well. 608-796-2558. There is something a little dirty about being a fan and cheering for a player that you know is unhappy, doesn't want to be playing, right? Like Anthony Davis in New Orleans when he wanted out. That had to be weird as a Pelicans fan, right? Knowing that he wanted out. Or, or as a Rockets fan with James Harden. It's like, yeah, he's our guy. He's been our guy for years, but he also doesn't like it here anymore. It's got to be a bizarre situation or Odell Beckham in Cleveland right there's something dirty and maybe Packers fans maybe maybe not hopefully we don't have to experience it with Devontae Adams where we're left cheering for him but you know deep down he's upset because he's playing on the franchise tag or he's playing on a deal that he's not happy with it's got to be a weird feeling as a fan it's certainly more wholesome playing for a guy and cheering for a guy that you know wants to be there you know loves the city loves the team that's why we love Giannis. God, Giannis is perfect. That's what it all comes back to. Every show that I do, every segment that I do could just come back to Giannis is amazing. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, throw out any name of any player on any team, and we could connect it back to Giannis. Let me think here for a sec. Um, let's think. Uh, what have we been talking about recently? I want to come up with a good one. Um, we've been talking about the Bucks, but it can't be a Bucks thing. Uh with the, with the Badgers. What can we do with the Badgers? Anything? No. Now this is getting painful. This is taking too long. The payoff won't be uh, good enough. Let's talk about um, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, right? Giannis, in my opinion, wants to win and is competitive at all costs. If Giannis is losing, you're not going to see him grinning. You're not going to see him be okay with it on the field. I think in the same way that Aaron Rodgers is. Giannis is a killer. Giannis is a psycho. I don't really get that from Rodgers all the time. We could pull that back to Giannis. Although, no, I'm ripping on Aaron Rodgers, and that was not my intention here. So I apologize with that. We're going <laughs> to... This say this little bit did not go like I planned. My point is, Giannis is amazing. And really, every conversation we have on the show, we could, we could pull back to... We could pull back to Giannis, although I just failed to do so. Vagabond John is calling. Thank God. What's up, Vagabond John? Thanks for the life. How are we doing today? I'm doing good. How although doing? what I just tried to do is a huge flop, and I'm a little embarrassed by it. It was okay. I was going to bring up one more NBA player that just had to be a very awkward situation. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Ben Simmons in Philly. <laughs> it's just, you know, most I, most Philly people, you know, if you're an athlete, professional athlete in Philadelphia, you just have to be built a little bit different. You yeah. have to be able to like, put up with that. But, I mean, that just is an awkward relationship. And I, it's just funny to see... Uh, the other day, he was cheered by a couple fans when he dunked in pregame warm-up and then just booed uh, throughout the rest of the game. So that was that was exciting to watch. Well, Ben but, Simmons, um, Vagabond John, Ben Simmons is someone we could pull back to Giannis. Giannis wouldn't let that happen. If Giannis had a bad playoff series like that, and Giannis did in Toronto and against Miami, worked on his free throws, got better at the end of games, worked on his touch around the rim, like he comes back and works on things furiously. And if he gets embarrassed at the free throw line, He's not afraid to get fouled and go back there on the next possession, whereas Ben Simmons is a little different. So Ben Simmons is a good example of how we can bring most things back to Giannis and how awesome he is. Yeah, and, you know, NFL transition point, that's like kind of what we're seeing, right, with Kyler Murray is, hey, you get criticism. And 
how do you handle it as a professional athlete? Do you go and grind? Uh, college players around Wisconsin, that was the big Nigel Hayes story. Mm-hmm. Between his sophomore year and junior year, he's putting up a 1,000 three-pointers a day over there in the NJP Pavilion over in, in Madison, mm-hmm. and he's grinding and trying to get better. So I love having athletes like that. Question oh, yeah. I had for you uh, and maybe any other callers that are going to call in is uh, Packers-related, NFL-related, roster-building-related. Is there a player on the Packers that you think is, I don't want to use the word expendable, but that you would not be upset with trading away for an excellent uh, return to get some some cap off, uh, you know, some space off the cap over the next two to three years? I'll give you one or two names that I had that, you know, my circles are thinking about. Kenny Clark. Oh. Is he a guy? He's an excellent player, right? He's going to be 29 at the end of his contract. Not Is even that he a old. Guy that we can... It's not even that old, though. No. Why are we always like, Pat, we did this with uh, Jair last week. They're like, well, Patrick Peterson got bad at the end of his deal. Yeah, when he was 33. Like, why are we, why are we doing this? Although, keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Continue. No, it's fine. It's just because of the salary cap situation. You need to be with the Rodgers situation. I just don't want to turn into the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. okay. That's the team that went to the Super Bowl and then went to three and three and thirteen seasons after that. With yep. a good quarterback, by the way. Excited to see him in Colts Blue next year. Yeah. Uh, but just with you know, with the Packers roster and how it's currently built, is there a player that you would be willing to trade away? Now, Kenny Clark probably would not be my first pick. Uh, the guy you mentioned from last week's conversation might be. Uh Jair Alexander trading him away to a uh, Maybe like a Denver or someone who's really trying to win this year, but that's uh, that's kind of the conversation that was going around uh, my circle today. Is how do we get out of this in two or three years, or are we just going to accept it when it comes and hope that we get a championship in the meantime? I don't know. Do they have any trades? I mean, what are you trading for draft capital? Because here's and vagabond John, I talked about this about an hour ago. The Packers are going to be able with their salary cap situation to bring most of their guys back and just squeak under the cap for the next couple of years. Like, they're making minimum payments on a credit card, right? They're just squeaking by. The problem is they're never going to be able to add a Khalil Mack or an Odell Beckham in the middle of the season or, or Von Miller because they just don't have that extra money, and I don't know how they get that extra money. I, I think while they're in this win-now-all-in mode, this is just going to be the reality. That is uh, that's definitely the reality, and, and the part that it impacts, again, I know I've said this before, is special teams, right? When you don't have the the high quality depth because you're paying everything up front all the you know 22 starters that we see on offense and defense those are our best players but if you start to peek behind the curtain all of a sudden it's a team where now we are huge excuse guys when it comes to the playoffs yeah. oh Kenny Clark is injured oh Jair Alexander's injured oh David Bakhtiari is injured that's why our team's not good enough to compete for an NFC championship well if your roster is built really fundamentally well enough, you can get over that. Now, obviously, losing Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins the same year is a little bit different. That you hurts. get hit twice in the same position group, it's going to be very tough, right? Yeah. But is, is there a way where the Packers can – that's why – is there one or two players, if you look at the current 22 starter, where you can say, I would be okay trading this guy away if it meant we have the ability to become a little bit more flexible – and maybe pay just a little bit more than the credit card minimum. 
guess that's my question. All right, Vagabond John. I got the Packers payroll open here, so we're going to look at some guys. Thank you for the idea. This is a good discussion. Have a good night, man. All right. You as well. Vagabond John, 608-796-2558. Okay. So the top guy is Aaron Rodgers, 28 and a half. We're not trading him. That's been the whole point of this. Um, Devontae Adams is two at 20 million. Now that's the, that's the, uh, the franchise tag. So that could come down if they can work out something. David Bakhtiari is three at 14 million. <laughs> it's going to sound messed up. What about Bakhtiari? Now you don't trade David Bakhtiari unless you nail another draft pick. What if you, what if you draft another Elton Jenkins? You know what I mean? And Josh Myers turns out to be good. And Josh Nyman turns out to be good. John Runyon turns out to be good. And you are just, you just have a plethora of really good offensive linemen. It's a pretty fat cap hit. Now, David Bakhtiar is also awesome, and I don't want to trade him. But I'm just, I'm just playing off John's point here. The Packers are really good at replacing offensive linemen. They're really good at figuring out that position. So maybe 14 and a half million, that's a big number. I don't know. Jair, I, I, I want to make this so clear. Give Jair all the money. Give him the extension. Keep him. You've wanted a corner like this forever. You finally have one, and you're going to let him go? Mm-mm. Adrian Amos, he makes $12 million, but who's dying to trade for Adrian Amos? Preston Smith, they just restructured. He's not going anywhere. Kenny Clark, I love Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark is such a force multiplier up front. Kenny Clark has the impact of, like, three pretty good defensive linemen or, or two good defensive linemen. You know what I mean? He can eat up double teams, he can stuff the run, and he can rush the passer. He can do a little bit of everything. I'm not getting rid of Kenny Clark. I mean, Randall Cobb, I, God, if they had any good wide receivers, I'd, just, I'd cut him. Uh, and that would take his cap hit from $9.5 million to about 2 and a half. But I don't know that uh, old Aaron would like that a whole lot. So they're going to probably keep Randall, hopefully at a lower number. Dean Lowry makes $8 million. That's a lot of money, but who's trading for Dean Lowry? Who's busting down the door? if Dean Lowry becomes available in trade talks. And then you're getting into Aaron Jones and Rashawn Gary. And Rashawn Gary is at $5 million. Someone might trade for him now, but you're not saving any money. And now we're into Campbell, Lazard, Savage, Stokes, Mercedes Lewis. No one's making those trades. My point remains, John, this is kind of your roster. This is kind of how it's going to be. You're going to have a little breathing room every offseason to tweak and bring guys back and move money around. But bringing in difference makers bringing in Khalil Mack and making that trade or, or trading for Von Miller or adding Stephon Gilmore in the middle of the season, that's just not in the cards. That's not how the Packers are going to be able to operate. They have chosen to go all in, push money out. That's fine. I think that's the best possible option to, to contend with Aaron Rodgers. But you just don't leave yourself a lot of breathing room. And that's just, that, that just comes with the territory when you operate your salary cap like this. Let's take a break. We'll talk more about this. I have a couple more things on Aaron Rodgers and a Tom Brady thing I want to talk about as well. That's coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills talking Packers cap. Money to spend, really a lack of money to spend. Vagabond John asked, who's the guy on the roster that you could trade away the next year or two to really give yourself some breathing room? I think the only option would be David Bakhtiari. His cap hit goes up to 30 and 34 over the next two years. Woof. I don't know what you'd get back for him. 
Uh, but that might be secondary. If you can get a second and a fourth for that guy and they have somebody waiting in the wings, I don't know. That injury really mucked things up. I like Bakhtiari. But the Packers have been able to find other linemen. They're so good at finding offensive linemen that I think it works to the detriment of the offensive linemen they have. Right? I think that was the, the deal with Brian Bulaga, the deal with Corey Lindsley. The Packers are like, yeah, dude, you're great, but we're going to find another one. We know. We're really, really good at this. Uh, also, a scoop that I missed today, mostly because I don't follow this guy, uh, Jordan Schultz, the son of the Starbucks guy. Uh, I wonder how he became a sports insider. I bet it had nothing to do with his father. Uh, tweeted this today. Sources, Packers offered Devontae Adams over $23 million per year. Highest ever for a wide receiver. That's not highest ever. That's not highest ever. What was Jordan Schultz on? But he declined it. The NFLPA's new money average says the highest ever is, oh, is high, DeAndre Hopkins at over 27. However, that was two extra years added to a three-year deal that has skewed markets significantly. Okay, well, that's nothing new, but thanks for the tweet. Uh, he continues, the all-world Adams is clearly worth top dollar and has informed Green Bay he won't play under the tag. Now, I did not see this report, but I did see this report from friend of show Bart Winkler at Winks Thinks, and I've retweeted it at Wisco Grant. He has tweeted this. Green Bay Packers offered wide receiver Devontae Adams over $23 million per year, and he declined per at Schultz report, who is wrong about everything and certainly most wrong about this. Block him so you don't see trash like this anymore. Don't block me, though. <laughs> Uh, screw Jordan Schultz Starbucks guy what a loser here's a text from Jonathan in La Crescent says the solution to having to squeak under the cap is hitting in the draft isn't that the truth there are a few positions in this year's class that have potential fines in every round edge wide receiver and defensive back come to mind well Jonathan you're in luck because tomorrow uh, Mike Renner pro football focus is going to join the show uh, one of their best draft guys. He's on the tailgate pod. He was once on The Bachelor, and he is a big Packers fan. Packers owner, fellow owner. I can't wait to have a little owner's meeting tomorrow with Mike Renner. He'll join us at 4.30, and I'll certainly ask him about the draft. Um, what's what's the best way to ask Mike about the Packers draft without making it clear that I know nothing about the draft? Because if I ask a generic, so he does lots of radio interviews. He's he, He's used to this, right? He can kind of, he can probably size up a host and what they know. If if I come to Mike Renner tomorrow and I ask him when he joins us, uh, what are a couple of players that you really got your eye on for the Packers, Mike? He's going to know I don't know anything. I need to be more specific than that. I need to come up with a better way to talk draft with Mike where I can sound like I know what I'm talking about, which, again, I don't because I don't, I don't deep dive into the draft. Maybe I'll look at a draft guide. I subscribe to PFF now. I finally broke down. I... I I had had enough of openly asking on the show uh, and and saying that I wanted my boss to pay for it. And I think my boss listens to the show enough where he had to have heard it at least once. And because he never approached me and, and offered, I, I just, it's not, it's not happening. It wasn't going to happen. It was a pipe dream. Uh, and I'm not enough of a man to ask him directly. So I just randomly would throw it out on the show in hopes that he would hear. I, I just paid for it. I just said, screw this. I'm going to get a PFF subscription. So maybe I'll check out the draft guide. Maybe I'll read that tonight. When watching some of these first four games. Thank you for the text, Jonathan, in La Crescent. Beautiful time of year to be in La Crescent over on Great Spirit Bluff. You can tweet me as well, at Wisco Grant. Uh, I just retweeted that Devontae Adams report, at Winks Thinks. <laughs> Friend of show. I want to talk more about what the Packers have done, and especially Aaron Rodgers and his contract that he's back on. And we learned the details as of this morning. A couple of bullet points 
These I lifted from Matt Schneidman's piece in The Athletic this morning. Essentially a three-year deal for $150 million with two placeholder years tacked on after that. So $50 million a year. Wow, interesting. I thought that was a total lie. Funny. If Rodgers doesn't retire after the 2024 season, at the end of those three years, those two extra years will be restructured. Rodgers gets 42 this year, 59 next year, and 49 in 2024. Uh, the cap hits, respectively, over the next three years are 28 and a half, 31, and 40. Uh, and if Rodgers leaves after two more seasons, but before that third, a dead cap hit of more than $68 million remains with the team. That essentially makes it so the Packers can't trade him. A little bit of a poison pill situation. Or he could retire and really give the Packers a middle finger on the way out the door and leave $70 million on the cap that's just dead. They can't do anything with That would be something else. So the Packers have brought back Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas, we think, uh, Preston Smith, they restructured Kenny Clark, restructured Aaron Jones, Adrian Amos, thought maybe some of these guys would have to cut. Now, Tom Brady on NFC rival Tampa Bay is back, we think. I'm not convinced he's going to play for Tampa. We can talk about that in a few minutes. But the Bucs today are already making moves. They brought back Carlton Davis. They brought back Ryan Jensen, Chris Godwin all back. Today they traded for, was it Shaq Mason? Uh, who's the guard they got from, I'm going to have to look it up. Is it Shaq Mason? The guard they got from New England. Yep, they traded for guard Shaq Mason. So they're getting better. They're adding guys. They also signed Russell Gage. Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus, friend of show, tweeted this today. He said, man, this is a great signing for the Bucs, depending on the money. Brady had very little faith in the Bucks option once you got past Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown. <laughs> that tweet's just funny. Imagine saying about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, well, once you get past the third guy, Rodgers really doesn't trust him. <laughs> if we can get a second guy, Rodgers can throw the ball and be happy, let alone three or four. And it's a good signing for the Bucs. Russell Gage is going to be a perfect depth guy for them. So they have Edwin or Evans. Godwin, Cameron Brait, third-year Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. Maybe they get better now. They add Russell Gage. Once you get that third solid pass catcher, defenses have a lot tougher time. You look at Kansas City. When they had Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Sammy Watkins, oh boy. Or when Tampa Bay had Godwin, Evans, and Antonio Brown versus when they lost Antonio Brown. Big difference, right? Now, the Buccaneers, wow, they're really making moves. They're really helping out Tom Brady. He's privileged. And I have argued for years that Tom Brady is privileged, and I still believe that to be true to a degree. But of all quarterbacks in the NFL, Tom Brady's cap hit is the 13th largest. 13th. It's only $20 million. So that's behind Kirk and Wentz and Goff and Wilson and Rodgers. Tom Brady's cap hit is not large. And I'm a little sick of... NFL fans letting their quarterback off the hook in this regard. Because whenever I bring up Brady, it's like, well, Rodgers could just take less money. Brady does it. Somebody say, oh, well, that's Brady. Brady's an outlier. Why? Why? Brady, Brady is literally showing other quarterbacks a roadmap on how to get a better team around them. Rodgers won't take a pay cut. Kirk won't take a pay cut. And when I bring up, well, Brady will take a pay cut. Oh, that's Tom. Tom's different. Tom's one. Tom's one on one. You can't expect Rodgers to do what Tom's doing. Why? Why? That's letting your guy off the hook. Every other quarterback has the same opportunity. Rodgers could make so much money post football. Start a podcast. Everyone's got a podcast. You'll make money. You'll get some. You'll get manscaped to 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 sponsor it. Or if we're talking about an Aaron Rodgers podcast, probably some. 
cleanse routine. They'll sponsor it. Um, probably uh, Doomsday Bunkers. They'll be big with the Aaron Rodgers podcast crowd, I would imagine. Uh, meditation apps. There's a lot of money in that right now. They'll jump on with Rodgers post-football podcast. I just... Well, you can't do Brady's 101. Brady, Brady's different. Why? Uh, imagine there's someone in your field of work that has so clearly outlined the roadmap to success. And you don't do it because, well, that guy's different. He's not, though. He's showing you what to do. Do it. Take less money. And I understand Aaron Rodgers has just won back-to-back MVPs. And MVPs deserve to be paid. Yeah, sure they do. Yeah, absolutely. But think of it this way. If a dad of the family, right, there's a mom, there's a dad, there's three kids, they got a dog, they got a house. If a dad has a great year at work, well, dad deserves a new truck. Yeah, but you ever notice that a lot of dads don't buy the new truck? You know what the dads do? They put in a pool for the kids. They get the kids new bikes for Christmas. Or they buy the wife a new ring for Valentine's Day. Right? Dads don't dads don't treat themselves. Right? They're about the good of the team, good of the family. Oh, I should get a new GMC. Yeah, but you never will. Dads never do. Like it's the same with my dad. It's like, Dad, why don't you get a new truck? You've always wanted a truck. Oh, uh, you know, him and on. Well, MVPs deserve to get paid. Yeah, and if a dad has a great year at work, he probably deserves a new truck. But good dads don't do that. They're thinking of the kids, thinking of mom first, thinking of grandma and grandpa, right? Because that's what dads do. Quarterbacks are that different. Oh, he's won MVPs. He deserves money. Oh, okay. Remember when Clint Eastwood once said deserves got nothing to do with it? Do you want to make money or do you want to win a Super Bowl? Okay. I guess it's up to you. This is something I want to talk more about tomorrow. Sloan News Wednesday. I have a clip from Cowherd's show today that I want to play you. I thought it was an interesting point. And a clip from the show Winning Time on HBO. Episode 2 came out on Sunday night. There's a scene between Jerry Buss and Red Arbach. I don't want to play you some audio from that because I think it applies to what we're talking about. Well, you can't be Brady. Sure you can. Sure you can. Sure you can. Just knock a couple dollars off. Go ahead. Get another wide receiver. If that's truly what you want, if you want the most competitive team, then do it. If you just want to make your money, fine. But don't piss on my back and tell me that it's raining. Another Clint Eastwood quote, because why not? Let's take a break. I want to talk about Matt LaFleur and compare Matt LaFleur to Bruce Arians. Because Aaron Rodgers didn't know if he wanted to come back. Tom Brady didn't know if he wanted to come back. Now, both are back, but I think the situations are different. And I think the coaches and maybe the GM, Brian Gutekunst as well, big reason why. We'll talk about that coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, quoting Clint Eastwood movies. Rockin' Rick tweets in, yep, 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 outlaw Josie Wales. Don't piss down my back and tell me that it's raining. That was that movie, right? I get him crossed up. Now, really, I'm much more of a John Wayne guy than a Clint Eastwood guy. Outlaw Josie Wales, all John Wayne movies, Quigley Down Under, Tom Selleck's awesome. And for no other reason. Cowboys, The Searchers, excellent film. Big Jake, it's a good one. I like El Dorado. It's slower, but it's, it's fun. It's a fun western. We need to write down these topics for the All-Star break. Speaking of topics that aren't related to sports, I was listening to Ebo's show this morning because I wanted to hear the reaction to our college basketball discussion. That was interesting. And then they started playing Neil Diamond. Mark your calendars, folks, because we are getting mighty close to the annual Neil Diamond week. 
here on the Wisco Sports Show, which will be the first full weekend in March, or the first full week in April, excuse me. So that will be three weeks from yesterday, April 4th through the 8th. Uh, we're going to do it bigger and better this year because we're going to come in with a game plan. Uh, if you have any guests, uh, does anyone know someone that was a roadie for Neil? Uh, someone who was a singer or a dancer, whatever. We're going to do it big this year. Uh, it's not going to be slapdash and thrown together at the last minute like last year. So Neil Diamond Week is coming up. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's all coming together. We're talking Packers right now, and if you'd like to join me, you can. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We'll talk about Malafleur. Okay, we all have sports conversations uh, that we like, that we love, right? I like talking on the show every day. It's my job. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it. Uh, I would go be a hobo or do something. I don't know. I'd do something else if I didn't like it. BSing at the bar. We like talking sports, uh, catching up with a buddy. It's fun to BS about our favorite team. But then we all have that friend or that person that we hate to talk sports with. And when they bring up sports, you just kind of get out of there as quickly as can, as you can, right? Like you're at the bar and you bump into this friend. You're like, oh, it's good to see you. But then he starts talking about sports and you're just like, oh, boy. You know, Chris Middleton still isn't a real number two. Yeah, sure. Yep, I, I think you're right. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, two rum and Cokes, please. Yeah, make mine a triple, thanks. You just you get out of those conversations as quickly as possible. Something I've heard from coworkers and friends in casual sports conversations, they don't like. Packers look weak. Matt LaFleur and Goody come across as suckers. They're placating Rodgers and kissing his behind. It's a bad look, right? We've, we've heard somebody say this. We've heard this come up as a topic. They maybe come across as suckers a little, but in my opinion, it's a show of strength, not weakness, right? Because a GM or an owner or a head coach with an ego could really step in it and upset their star player. Dan Gilbert really did this on the way out the door when LeBron left Cleveland, right? It's better for the coach, the GM, to swallow their pride, swallow their ego, placate the star, keep him happy, because that's really what's best for the franchise and what's best for the fans. And guess what? As annoying as he is, Aaron Rodgers could very reasonably take the Packers to a Super Bowl next season. And Goody knows that. Matt LaFleur knows that. I'm sure Goody would love to say, I put together a great roster, and this loser dumped the bet against Jimmy G last year at home. That's not on me. Don't put that on me. That's on him. And now he wants to make it about him this offseason, whatever. I'm sure he would have loved to say that. But I think it's a show of strength and resolve to put that ego aside, placate the star, even if it stings a little bit, and even you got to come across as submissive and, and not having leverage. That's okay. Packers did a very good job with this. The Buccaneers, I'm not sure. Tom Brady's coming back. He announced that, as did Aaron Rodgers, and I want to talk about that coming up. But first we got to take a call, 608-796-2558. You can call and text if you wish. Is this a number that I know? I'm not sure. Oh, it's Dan. Dan from Lacrosse. Dan, what's going on? Hey. Um, I was here in, uh, uh, maybe a week ago when <clears throat> Rogers first was signed about uh, a lot of people wanted it to be a shorter contract. Mm-hmm. But the, the staff knows what they're doing. Four years. You know, you know. My question is, how long is it going to be until someone else is the number one paid quarterback? Well, I don't think it's going to take as long as people think. So you, well, I'll right. give you some like in, in 2016, Joe Flacco was the highest paid quarterback. Yeah, Matt and Stanford, then uh, the next year, yeah, yeah. Then Derek Carr the next year, and then Stafford 
in the same year. So I, who's going to be the, you know, the number one paid quarterback <laughs> in the next year or two years? Yeah, well, here here's the thing, Dan. When these deals come out and you say five years, this many, okay, we'll start at two yeah. or three million because the team will either end up extending the player again or trading them or cutting them, right? So when we see these deals, yeah. you, you got to kind of know how to read, the, read them a little bit. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is make it two years because then you you got to keep repeating it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> nobody likes going into a contract here. I don't want to be a lame duck, right? I need those years of yeah. security, even though getting to free agency is lucrative. But then again, in the NFL, you want that security. You want to be booked out for a couple of years, so to speak, because if you blow your knee out, then you have that security. So I, I get that football is a little different than basketball, but the, these players always mm-hmm. want to re-up their deals, want more money. They want to be higher up on the pay scale. So, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> All right, that's it. Yeah, thanks, Dan. <laughs> Have a good night. Take care. That's Dan in lacrosse, 608-796-2558. The Packers signing this deal probably did have to swallow a little bit of pride. Probably like, oh, God, we got to do this deal. I know it's longer than we want to do. I know it's going to screw up our future, but we got to do it. And I think that is a show of strength. And humility. You need to be humble to a degree as a GM or as a coach because you need to know when it's time for you to step to the side a little bit and make it about your star. Placate them. Help them out. Malafleur and Goody have done a really good job of that. I don't know that Bruce Arians has done a good job with that with Tom Brady. Right? And we like Bruce Arians because he's no BS and tells it like it is and he's gruff and he's crass. And we love that. But I don't know if that's what the Bucks needed this offseason. Right, We got reports, I think it was Rich Owenberger said that Brady and Arians, their relationship had soured and Leftwich and Brady would put together these game plans and then Bruce would come in and cross them out and cover it with red pen. And I seriously think Brady wants out to San Francisco, but he's not quite sure if it's doable. So he's working a little bit behind the scenes. I want to read you this quote from Mike Sandoz, pick six today in The Athletic. This is from an NFL team exec. Quote, Brady came out with a statement saying he needed to do it before free agency, making a decision. But I'm thinking those several weeks have been all about seeing if the 49ers were willing to bring him in. Here's a quote from longtime former Patriots exec Scott Pioli. Quote, it's going to be very interesting how this whole plays out. Uh, It seems as if there was some, I don't want to say tension, but something wasn't right when things ended down there and there was talk about him being traded. I understand that he's coming back to Tampa in the statement. That's what he has to do. I'm just not sure it's going to be the case this year. Bruce, a little more pride, a little less BS. Whereas Matt LaFleur, how Rodgers is great. God, I I don't want to bother him. I hope he comes back, right? Taking a little bit of an L, kind of submitting a little bit to your star player to keep him happy. That's actually a show of strength. And I think what Arians has been up to in Tampa may be uh, be a little bit more stubborn. And it might cost them their quarterback. We'll see. Maybe. I'm not sure. Mike is in downtown Madison, 608-796-2558. What's up, Mike? Welcome. What's What's up, man? How are you? I am swell. We have some excellent guests coming up tomorrow. There's a lot going on, so I'm I'm happy as a clam this week. Yeah, man, just getting a uh, spotted cow open. I'm ready, uh, ready to start watching some March Madness here. Oh, that's outstanding. So, my uh, my, see, yeah. we're talking about this. My roommate texted me this afternoon. He might be firing up the grill tonight, so he's done with work a couple hours earlier than I am. So I might be walking into some delicious food when I get home. I hope so. Oh. Grant, you know, these nights are the key nights to fire up the grill. It's a little chilly, but the beer equals that out. Oh. And then 
you know, it, it's just the per- it feels almost like tailgating, you know, for like oh. October football. Like that's how it feels. Oh, you got you got me a little worked up here, Mike. I I might have to I know. I have to turn the fan on in the studio. I'm getting a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, just on your Packers point. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't I don't think it makes them look weak at all. I think that I think that what's best for the organization, and you said it very importantly for the fans, like. What's important for these teams to keep these stadiums full, to keep their fan base strong, to keep coming back and coming back and coming back year after year. And Rodgers on a four-year contract does that because no matter what, like I say all the time, have a beer and chill. Yeah. Everyone gets so worked up about all this stuff. Like no matter what, people still love the guy. They can say whatever they want about him. He's a lot more chill than people give him credit for, too. Yep. He he toys and he toys with the media so much. I mean, he does this on purpose, and maybe just because he is so annoyed by the media that he just wants to mess with them, you know. So, and he's quirky. Like we all get that, but I don't think he's nearly as bad as what some people make him out to be. I mean, I I love I love you know another four years with him, and and I like the more guarantee of him retiring a Packer that there's value in that right like if Rodgers doesn't win another Super Bowl which I mean the way the last 12 years have gone I wouldn't get my hopes up and also beating somebody out of the AFC is going to be tough but we can look back at the end of his career if he only wins that one Super Bowl is a guy that played his whole career with the Packers kind of this legacy franchise there's there's value in that for how he's remembered and I think he realizes that Mike I, I think we go crazy and we get fatigued by all the Rodgers stories because there's a demand for it there's got to be something new every day like here's here's the example I thought of Rob Domofsky tweeted this morning, uh, none of the Packers beat got the got the contract scoop. It was all NFL Network guys, right? And Rob Domofsky comes yeah. out this morning. He said, well, I, I got to have something. I got to have a report. He tweeted this. A member of the Packers medical staff flew out to see Aaron Rodgers over the weekend to give him the required physical that needed to be done before any deal could be signed. Now the deal is in. Rob, that's cool. I don't need to know that. Right. But but we live in that. We live in this time and place where we need information. What, what's the scoop that you have? What's the and that's not really Rogers fault as annoying and quirky as he can be. It's not Rogers fault that we as fans expect tweets constantly with little updates and tidbits. That's not Rogers fault. Right. And and I think that sometimes, you know, those tweets or updates need lead to uh a just complete dishonesty, or B just misinformation, like they just didn't report it correctly. Yeah. Um, and then you know, I, I love his uh, Rogers Tuesdays, so I always watch him on McAfee, and he's he's always just super chill. But he's like, yeah, that's that's not right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I mean, I don't know what he else, what else he's supposed to say. You know, I think that there's a fine line between just being honest and chill and up front and being condescending and i think that sometimes he rides that fine line right but yeah it's like i think he's way more chill than what people give him credit for um yeah so i like to see him i really like to see him in uh in green bay for the next four years i think every packer fan does and, this- and i think you pointed out the the other day what is what's the alternative yeah like exactly. if we're really if we're really talking like give me a break guys you're, you're talking about more than more or less the best quarterback in the league. What's the what's the alternative? Mitch Trubisky? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, no, no thanks. The, the list, the list of, of options with a 38-year-old quarterback coming off of two MVPs, you don't have a very long list of options, right? You could trade no, him. No. You could trade him and go all in on that route, but then are you also going to trade Bakhtiari and Adam? Like, that gets a little hairy. 
or basically go all in to win. I, I think the worst thing they could do is just do nothing and, and sit right in the middle of the road, not be aggressive, not start trading, and just and just wait for Rodgers to be done. I think that's the worst thing they could have done. So if they're going to go all in, good, go all in, and they're doing that. Absolutely. And then uh, one more thing. Uh, I mean, we talked about it like three or four days ago. I mean, dude, the Colts are – I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback, man. Like, get it Jordan is, Love. It's disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. disgusting at this point. Well, I, I read a report this morning. Um, they tried to speak with the Texans, and the Texans said absolutely not. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Same division. <laughs> no, they're, they're in the same division. Yeah. Mike, if, if you sat me down and you tried to, like, get me to list all the teams in the NFL, I would do it by division. NFC would be easy. AFC West, AFC East would be easy. But I always get to the AFC South, and I'm like, what teams are in that division again? Like, those, those are just the leftover yeah. teams that are kind of I – for, I forget that the Texans and the, the – uh, the Colts are in the same division. That's funny. Yeah, Colts, Texans, <laughs> Titans, Jags. Man, is there a good rivalry in that division? That's just bizarre. Uh, well, I mean, there was, uh, I would say, a few years. You know, Texans-Colts was a great rivalry when sure. T.Y. Hilton was relevant. Um, but, I mean, no, not really. I mean, Andrew Luck never lost to the Titans in no. eight years. No. Uh, not once. So, I mean, no, not really. Not not. Not not really. Although so, there's not really I, a good rivalry in the NFC North right now either. We say it's Packers Bears, but it's it's not. There's really not a rivalry. Well, in the yeah, North okay, either. but that's that's a great debate too, and you can let me go. Um, but that's a great thing to bring up maybe one show because I don't think that rivalries necessarily depend on a who's winning it at the time. I think it depends on nostalgia. Oh, it's like okay. it, it's like it's like IU Purdue. Like, that is a very hardcore rivalry in the state of Indiana. But not many other people look at that. It's just really their fans. So how do your fans feel about the nostalgia of hmm. the rivalry? All right. All right. That's interesting. I'm going to I'm gonna sit on that. I just realized what time it is, Mike. i got to take one last break, so I'm going to let you go. Enjoy the games tonight, brother. See ya. Thanks for the call, friend. Take care. Mike, downtown Madison. I do have to take a break, or we're not going to have a last segment to the show. So I'm going to be right back. Three minutes, and we'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.